Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Every week, it's my goal to share a story of someone's journey through their life and financial vineyard. We take you from their roots to the journey of their vines and the influences in the air that helped craft their delicious lives. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine. Today's guest is Janice Vitell. She is, if you recall, working with me on a special project for a series of video blogs, what we're calling vlogs. Each month, Janice and I record a blog and we talk about a different topic. Being that it is May and many people are graduating, many students are graduating or thinking about graduating from college or high school, we really focused in on the emotional toll that this COVID-19 isolation may have on them and how to potentially cope with some of those emotions that come with it. We dig into things like how this could be grief for them. And we do spend a little bit of time talking about student loans as well as just generally figuring out how to maybe be creative if you are just coming out of college and looking for jobs. We hope that you enjoyed this version of our vlog and hop on over to our YouTube channel if you'd like to watch the two of us or pick up some additional tips. We'd love to hear your comments. We'd love to hear if there's anything particular you'd like to hear about. And we hope that the rest of May is enjoyable as the weather starts to change and we can all get outside and maybe get some vitamin D and some fresh air. So sit on back, grab your favorite wine and sip away as you listen. Well, Janice, welcome once again to another edition of our collaborative vlog. Uh, we are heading into May. I cannot believe we're five months into the year already. What an amazing year it has been. I think when we look back on this year, we are just going to be so surprised of the humanity in it, I think, but also that it was only one year. There's just been so much going on. and. And one of the things that we've been recently talking to people about, a lot of our clients anyway, is the upcoming graduations for many of our clients' children and grandchildren. And we're, you know, it's sort of a, a melancholy discussion because they're excited that their children and grandchildren are graduating from high school or college, but many of them are not going to experience the traditional walking the you know the graduation line and and in the same celebrations and gatherings that traditionally follow you know such a such a wonderful event in their lives so i thought today maybe we could talk a little bit about the emotion around that and how 
parents and grandparents and graduates can deal with this this emotion mm -hmm. i think it's a great topic and as we discussed before this is um mental health awareness month so maybe we can just sort of dovetail those two together yeah. Yeah. But I, um, but I completely agree with you that um, you know people having these dreams in place of you know graduating and when walk down the aisle and I'm gonna, or you know that sounds like a wedding, um, but walk down the you know get your name called and, and walk across the stage and it's not gonna it's not gonna happen this year and I think you know and as you and I have discussed before I think the first step in dealing with those feelings is feeling your feelings you know and there's going to be feelings of sadness and grief and people might think that's kind of strange because usually you think about grief in terms of somebody passing away but these 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 are um i think the word grief still very much applies because we have we have dreams you know and the similar kinds of things are happening with people that are planning on getting married and yeah getting yeah. married you know, but I, the first step is, is, you know, acknowledging your feelings about it, not trying to stuff them down, not trying to self-medicate them, mm -hmm. you know, and actually feeling your feelings about it. Yeah. I've read a statistic recently that said uh, anxiety uh, by measure of people taking anxiety medication has significantly spiked since isolation started. Mm-hmm. And for many of these individuals that are, we're talking about specifically around graduation or weddings or any of those types of celebratory events, for many of these people, I, I mean, I remember when I was in high school and college, my gosh, my friends were my life, right? Mm. I mean, I didn't, career wasn't really, <laughs> it was there, but they were my life. And I just try, I, I think about the fact that how would I have felt at that age if all of a sudden I went from hanging in the dorm room, studying, um, you know, being excited about graduation to finishing my classes 100% online with, I guess, like this kind of interaction, but no, no partying with each other, no socializing with each other, no... Um, companionship, like in the sense of good job, patting each other on the back. I just think of all of those things that I look back on in my high school and college years and think, gosh, what if I had missed those? I mean, you don't know what you don't know, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I guess I kind of grieve for those people because mm -hmm. I know how much fun that last half of the semester was for my senior, both high school and college senior year. Sure. And, you know, that makes me think of some other things, you know, the, the people that are in college right now. I mean, we all tend to kind of think about our own experience going through this COVID-19, you know, social distancing thing. But, you know, people in college, they had to suddenly, most of them return, return home. So leave all, leave all those people. And then, um, so like the social isolation mm -hmm. that goes along with that. Um, living with your living with your folks for a long <laughs> period of time when you're not used to doing that. Yeah, and there's probably there's probably a good reason why you decided to to go away to school. You know, you're you're growing up. Um, and then the other thing that that it makes me think about is too, it's kind of like um, 
two major life events happening at the same time. So even without the COVID-19, you graduate from college. Often that's a difficult time for young people because all of a sudden, all of a sudden, bam, I am out in the adult world. I'm no longer, I, I no longer have this, the structure of going to classes. Now I'm looking for a job. So like, what's my identity? So that is usually happening when people are graduating from college, but then add on the COVID-19 stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it, it really is um, an added an added stress during an already stressful time. Yeah, not, and, and on top of that, many of the students normally in their senior year are also job hunting. Yes. If, you know, as far as college graduation, they're job hunting. Or if they're going off to college, they're visiting campuses and making selections. So mm-hmm. many people in their junior year of high school right now would be visiting a lot of the colleges, you know, going there to their to, you know, to, to check it out just a little bit. And they, they can't do that right now. Mm-hmm. So when I think about those that are graduating from college and, you know, their job right now is to start looking for a job, um, they should be reaching out there and making those connections. We're, we're talking this month, basically, you know, the month of May is when they usually have a job already, or they have mm-hmm. very good leads to jobs. And it's, this environment has created some pause with regards to even doing that and some challenges around that. So, you know, that is going to cause an economic impact to many of them and the emotional impact as well. And mm-hmm. when you talk about grieving, not finding a job is just as much is a, is a grieving process as losing a job to a certain extent. I mean, they bring different emotions mm-hmm. and, you know, if, different parts of uh, from ourselves but it's still stress and anxiety oh oh sure and again i i, I know I, I feel like we, i bring it up in every every time we talk but acknowledging those feelings not trying to push them away i'm not but i'm also not suggesting that you wallow in it mm-hmm. but acknowledging those feelings um and, and grieving that you know like wow i thought that i would have that that job by mm-hmm. June or July, um, mm-hmm. grieving that. But then also after after you've processed those feelings, um, really being careful of your the self-talk that you notice that you're doing. So saying things to yourself like, I never should have gone to college or oh. I'm never gonna get a job. That is going, that, that feeds anxiety and it feeds depression. You know, it, it's, it goes in a loop. And so we have to be really careful about our, our negative self-talk. Mm. You know, that's a really good point. I'm, I'm so glad you said that because I think the opposite side of that is, okay, I'm in a unique situation. I realize that there's going to be a challenge getting a job. What can I do to start building my resume? What can I do to show future employers that even though I was – you know, graduating during a time where it was extremely unique and challenging to find a job. What did I do understanding that I can't go out and just work anywhere, right? I have to find something that I can do socially distant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I was thinking about that part of it. And of course, depending on the career that you've chosen to study, there's a, there actually is a lot of opportunities online. There are many companies right now that are looking for people who can work remotely. 
because not everybody has that ability to do that, right? And there are there are companies that, like, let's say, for example, you graduated with um, a teaching degree. Uh, that's probably one of the most impacted college graduates right now. I'm not saying that others aren't. I don't want to mm-hmm. belittle any other graduating degree. But teachers, some of them never finished their their oh. student teaching, mm-hmm. right? So I went to college for four years, and my fourth year and my senior year, I did student teaching. Well, many of them got two months worth of student teaching in. Mm-hmm. And usually, you know, they have a job lined up with regards to what they're going to teach. What I've been seeing is that there's a lot of online positions available for teaching. So there's programs out there that are K through 12 programs that are allowing teachers. And and in some cases, it's like for homeschooling type arrangements. So exploring outside your normal realm of what, what should I do? Another thing that I've seen, and I'm a little bit guilty of this, and only because of an interest, not because I'm, you know, not because I'm trying to find another job, but is taking a skill set that you have and offering classes around it. Mm. One of uh, my colleagues in the profession, uh, actually, it's a slightly different profession, but same kind of females in finance idea. She's offering online web classes, Zoom classes on Microsoft Office products. So Excel, Word, sort of tricks of the trade, $29 for the class. It's a two-hour class, and she walks you through the, the three major Microsoft classes, Word, Excel, and PowerPoint. So she's finding ways to supplement her income with these online classes. And the nice thing about her class, because you can YouTube just about anything, but the nice thing about her class is it's actually live. So people can ask questions uh, during the education session. So think about, I guess my point is, think about the skill set that you have. If you are a teacher and you're trying to build your resume, then I know many parents out there that would love to have some supplement for their their students. And many of the teachers are trying to figure this out too. Um, you know, how, do, how do we provide live classes to our students? But a lot is falling on the parents right now, and they'd love some supplemental instructions because they haven't been taught. As a teacher, you've been taught how to teach, and you can turn around and teach parents mm. how to do some teaching. I guess that's what I'm getting at. So, you know, there, there's other things out there that I guess I want people to, to take a, a step back and say, well, it might not be big money, but it would be something. And it certainly is going to build your resume and show your future employer that you know how to maneuver during very, very different difficult and and challenging times. So it's taking that self-talk that you were saying, don't turn it negative and saying, but what can I do about it? It's those Mm -hmm. action steps that you can actually put in place. I was also thinking about, um, you know, that, that people have, we, we all have, you know, um, expectations of what like the next 
and you know, before all this happened, you know, we think about, oh, in like six months, so I'm going to be whatever, going on vacation or somebody who's graduating from school, I'm going to be in my new job. Mm-hmm. And, and right now that's all very much up in the up air. In the and so um, I think having a plan, a, not, not something like, um, you know, at eight o'clock, I'm going to do this and at eight fifteen you know, not like, not um, making yourself crazy, but having having a vision and having a plan of what maybe the next three months is going to mm-hmm. look like for you. Some um, structure, you're saying. Ex- yeah. Exactly. And, and so, and perhaps part of that is, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pivot and see what else I can do with the skills that I, the skill set that I have and, and doing, you know, doing some kind of project or a small business, like what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing that I also want to say is I think it's important, and I am very guilty of this myself. It's important not to have huge um, expectations <laughs> of ourselves too. Cause like there was a, a meme going around on, on or on Facebook on social media about like, basically if you're not, you know, like, basically taking on some huge project right now, you know, you're just wasting all this free time. Mm. Well, you know, the reality is that we're going through an international crisis right now. And so, you know, running in the background, like just like on a computer where there's programs running in the background that are taking up energy and taking up, taking up space, we all have that running in the background too. So it's really, really important to be realistic. Yeah, it takes a lot of um, energy, right? It takes a lot of it energy. It does. And yeah. we're not even aware that yeah. our, our minds are, we're in crisis mode, even yeah. though, you, you know, you and I, we, we seem like we're calm and everything and the running in the background, there's a crisis going on. So yeah. um, having, having a plan, but having it be realistic. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think for those that, you know, I I think it's really important for people to understand you may feel more tired than normal. You you know, you may need to, to, uh, yeah, you can have a big project and that will help distract you a little bit, but at the same time, you may need to rest more. Yes. Uh, You may need to breathe more. You may need to focus on some of those things a bit more. And Mm -hmm. that's been something I think because of our discussions and, January, February, and March, and April, I've been a bit more aware of like the breathing exercises that we went through last month. Um, for me, they've been very beneficial because uh, in our field, it's <laughs> it's been one crisis to the next, you know. Um, so it's it's. Um, I think I, I, what I really wanted people to understand in our conversation or here today is that it's okay that you're feeling a bit overwhelmed by all of this. Uh, I think a lot of people are, maybe they're not voicing it, but it is, it is a very, very challenging time. And then when we start getting into the financial side of some of this, uh, you know, some of those college students I was talking about, we've actually suggested that they, some of them were working to help them afford college or just pay some, you know, a car bill or an insurance bill or something. We've had to coach them because I, coach them on applying for unemployment because that's just not something they normally would ever think to do because, mm-hmm. you know, why would I apply for unemployment? I'm a college student. But in, they, they're still make, having to make that insurance payment or they're still having to make that car payment. So we've had to talk multiple layers of generations through filing for unemployment in some cases. And, of course, on the student loan front, uh, talking to them about what their options are 
and that student loan aspect of things brings a whole nother level of emotion to the table because it's it's overwhelming as a student to look at that bill that you're walking out of college with and didn't really maybe understand when you were in the process of college but now when you have to pay the piper it's like whoa well, what do i do about that mm -hmm. um, and i know i've read a lot of articles maybe you can touch base on that in just a minute about the stress that those large college debt is bringing to the table for people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think um, the, the financial aspects of this crisis are impacting, they're impacting everybody. And, yeah. and, and definitely the, the folks that are graduating from college right now, that has got to be a really daunting thing to look at that you know, look at that number. Um, and I, and I think that again, you like process your feelings around it. Like, you know, there's going to be fear. There might be anger, there might be sadness. And then at the same time, you're looking at what your options, yeah. looking at what your options are and talking to somebody like you or going on the internet and doing research about what your options are. Did you want yeah. to talk yeah, about Yeah, I, I think that that's important to have a conversation about because with, with students that are just graduating in May, in some cases we'll tell them to do the six-month deferment, right? So you have six months after you graduate from college that you need to make a decision. Do I want to start paying or do I want to defer it you know, for another year, basically, or another six months? And so what it depends on what it, it – so the answer always is it depends, right? So it depends on what you're doing. In some cases, we want that clock to start ticking. So we actually tell people to go into payment status based on income-based repayments almost immediately. Because if you earned nothing last year and you're on income-based repayments, you owe nothing, right? You're not, your payment is zero, oh. but it counts. So where we see a lot of people making mistakes is if they're going into a public service job like teaching or anything that's going to be public service, then we want that clock to start ticking today. Now, if you didn't have any earned income in 2019 and we start that clock June 1st, well, your income-based repayment is zero. You get a whole year worth of zero payments that counts towards your public service loan repayment. Oh, so, okay. So you're talking about um, people applying for those um, repayment, repayment plans where it's like, right. 10, like 10 years in public service. Right, right. Mm -hmm. But even if you aren't in public service loan forgiveness and you know you're going to go for a 20-year, 25-year loan forgiveness program just simply because of the career that you chose, then we want that clock ticking right away. So we want those folks to apply for their loans to go into payment status, go income-based repayment, if your income was zero, your payment was zero. So you've got a, a, at least a year under your belt of you know, repayment. And then if you get or when you get a job this year, meaning 2020, it's only going to be partially, right? So you're looking at a partial year worth of income. So again, that second year of income-based repayments is pretty darn low. And even sometimes going into the third year, it's fairly low because you're, you know, you're at the bottom of the pay scale early on in your career. So we've got three years in, possibly even four years in, that your income is fairly 
on the low scale for the income-based repayment plans, you've got, if, you, if you're truly going to qualify for public service loan forgiveness, then you've got six years left that will work through. But you're getting a, a, a advance, I guess you want to say, above and beyond what most people are doing, which the default that most people are doing is to say, oh, well, I can't make the payment, so I defer it. Mm. And, and then six months comes along and they say, well, I still don't have a job, so mm. I'm going to defer it again. And you've missed out, you know, on all that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have a job, if you're fortunate enough to have a job, we want you to consider making those payments right away as well. Because if they're sitting there, they're potentially earning interest while you're in deferment. And that interest capitalizes the moment that you put that in payment status, meaning all of the interest that has kind of been accruing during the time that you've been in college, all of a sudden capitalizes and now you start making payments on not just the principal, but the interest that has accrued over time. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, sometimes we go to income-based payment plans simply because um, some of the, the amount of capitalization is limited. Um, with regards to that. So the answer really is it depends. The the thing that we don't want you to do, it's almost like what you said before, don't put your head in the sand on it. Don't bury mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of information out there. Certainly we, you know, sell a little self-promotion. We have a whole section of our website that was on student loans that our financial planner and newly minted CFP, Becky Eason, writes every month. She writes an article on student loans. So there's a ton of information out there about all the income-based repayment plans. Under COVID, if you have a student loan, that interest and payment automatically is going into forbearance. So your loan right now is at 0% interest rate and you don't have to make a payment, but it's a wonderful opportunity to make a payment and have it all go to principal if you can. Mm -hmm. Or if you have a combination of private loans and government loans, the private loans didn't go into forbearance. So if you have private loans, which are usually a higher interest rate, what we're suggesting to people is, Take that payment that you are making on the government loans, if you can, and apply it towards the private loan. Get that private loan paid down. You have six months worth of payments that you can make on that private loan. If you don't have private loans, but you have other um, high interest rate loans for some particular, like let's say you have credit card debt. Well, typical credit card debt is somewhere around 12 to 18% interest rate. Take that money that you were paying on your student loans and pay that credit card off. Or finally, set the money aside. Like take the money that you were making in the student loans and set the money aside in an emergency fund. And now you finally have that emergency fund that you were trying to build, but just didn't have the resources to do. Mm -hmm. So we find this a huge opportunity right now to take that money that you normally would be paying on student loans and thinking about creative ways that we can either get your other debt paid down, get that debt paid down, because if you if that's your only debt, then you are making 100% interest, excuse me, 100% principal payments on those student loans. And if you have a variety of student loans that have a variety of interest rates, of course, we're saying take the highest interest rate loan that you have in that mix and apply it, you know, towards 
to the total payment towards that one. And in some cases, we're able to pretty much pay off that higher uh, student loan, mm -hmm. the, the one with the higher interest rate at zero right now. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different options um, between, you know, what people have available to them right now that can help with some of the emotional overwhelm mm -hmm. with, with student loans. The, the thing that you said about um, not putting our heads in the sand, I think that that, I, I really like that because I mean that apply that applies to so many things and and it definitely like with with emotions finances career you know we get overwhelmed and we can either like self medicate stick our head in the ground pretend like it's not happening or yeah. take drugs and alcohol or whatever Food, your yeah. your yeah. substance of choice is yeah. gambling and kind of cover it up and stick our heads in the sand or we can feel our feelings and come up with a kind of come up with a, a plan, plan. Yeah. to move forward. And, um, and I think that, you know, um, having a plan for your finances and how you're going to deal with um, um, your school loans, I think is a great plan or great idea. And then also in terms of your mental health. So mm -hmm. having, having a plan on how you're going to deal with, you know, times when you're feeling sad, Mm -hmm. grief, anger. Um, and, you know, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts, but like putting some meditation into your, mm -hmm. into your life, mm -hmm. um, reaching out to friends, figuring out um, how you can maybe volunteer in your community, mm -hmm. things like that um, are going to help your, going to help your mental health mm -hmm. a lot. And, and speaking, you mentioned it earlier. I just, I want to make sure that we give some some time today to talk about the fact that this is Mental Health Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I've seen some studies that have said that, that there has been a large uptick in relapses with people that have in the past uh, come up with uh, ways to cope with their, their mental health and their sure. anxiety. And, and this has caused a lot of anxiety because people don't know, I mean, they don't know, they might be working from home right now, but they don't know if their company is going to continue to do that. They don't know. Uh, they, they're feeling very isolated. And, and I've read numerous studies yes. about um, senior citizens and that isolation effect and, and how that really affects their anxiety level and depression levels. Mm -hmm. So I think it's fitting that we really give some um, credence to the fact that May is Mental Health Awareness Month and that there are some really good resources, including people like you, Janice, that can help us when we are experiencing that. This is one thing that I want to make sure, and I did a podcast several years ago with a great friend of mine, uh, Raquel Hinman, and she was on a board for an organization that, that does focus on mental health of the homeless. And one of the things that we talked about at great lengths was that this disease, this illness, is viewed as almost shameful. I mean, it's not as bad as it used to be, but, you know, when somebody has cancer, they're like, oh, wow, what are they going to do about that? Are they going to get treatment? How are they going to fight that? We're here for you. We're praying for mm -hmm. you. You got this. And yet when somebody is diagnosed with a mental illness or has some anxiety, it's brushed off often as, oh, it's all in your head. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and even sometimes even the most loving partner, um, friend can kind of accidentally do that. Like, so somebody discloses that, like, wow, my anxiety is so bad. I, I can't even sleep. And then, and they'll say, well, what do you, what do you have to be anxious about? Or what do you have to be depressed about? Come on, you've got three lovely kids or you have a beautiful house. And it really is negating um, the person's feelings. And like, however you're feeling right now, is normal. I'm just going to tell you. It's like, your normal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a normal human condition um, to go through periods of time where you're depressed or you're anxious. There's no shame in it. Um, I go to, I go to counseling myself, you know, pow there, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll say it. I'm not, um, mm -hmm. not ashamed in the slightest. It's been a very helpful part of my life. Um, and so, you know, when we've talked a lot about these different feelings that you might have, you know, like a day where you're feeling sad and, and, and then you're able to work through that and the next day you're feeling better mm -hmm. or you're uh, like overcome with fear or anxiety someday mm -hmm. when, when, when you really need to start taking note of it is if you're finding like you literally can't get out of bed, mm -hmm. you know, you're not able to, you don't have enough energy to, um, you know, get, get, um, breakfast on for your kids. You know, you're finding, um, you're finding that your anxiety is so bad you can't sleep, you know, um, when people are, get really depressed, it's not uncommon to have thoughts of self-harm and maybe not, maybe not, even the, having a plan, but just like, I, I wish I could just not wake up tomorrow morning, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And when we're having feelings like that, that's when it's really important to get the support of a therapist. But I also, um, like with the things going on right now, even if you're not, you know, having days where you can't get out of bed, it, that right now might not be a bad time to to check in with a therapist to get some additional support. We all need additional support right now. Um, and I wanted to give some resources in the in the community. So um, there is in New York State, um, there's a COVID-19 emotional support hotline oh, number. And um, I, I'll give the number, but, um, but I'll give the info to you and you can put it in the show notes, show notes but that's, yeah. but that's um, 1-844-863-9314. And what's really cool about that is um, like, if you just feel like you've, you're at your wits end, you know, it's up to here, you can talk to a, they're, um, they're volunteers, but they're all licensed uh, mental health professionals. Wow. And, and like so many people volunteered, I think it's like, I don't know, something like 6,000 licensed mental health professionals in New York um, signed up to do that. There were so many, like, like I signed up for it and they already had enough people for the time being. And I, and I yeah, it's amazing. So, so that resource is there. That's 24, um, 24 seven. Wow. And, and then also there's um, suicide prevention hotline, which is, let me see. You know what, that one, let's put it in the show notes because okay. I'm not, nope, I got it. 1-800-273. Eight two five five, but okay. again, that'll be in the in the show notes. Yeah, um, yeah. But don't be afraid to to reach out. Just just don't. I mean, and if you're 
if you're feeling better, then you're going to be a better partner. You're going to be a better mom or better dad. Um, please don't be ashamed. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've witnessed it firsthand because people on our team, you know, they have young kids and some of them have teenagers as well. And the, the change in, in our company has always been flexible, will always be flexible, but the change in their day, I mean, they're, they're pretty amazing warriors, I would call them, because they're hopping from, their kids are used to seeing them as mom and dad, not working mom and dad, right? right. So when they're at home, the kids are like, well, mom and dad is home. Like, you know, why would I have to be quiet? Or why would I have to do this? Mm -hmm. or why would I have to do that? So we're seeing it, parents are doing the best they can to to work through it. And it's, I mean, you know, one thing I can say, I, I think that has come out of this with regards to that is that we, we get a glimpse in people's lives differently in, in this situation because we are seeing what it's like at home for them. We are seeing the challenges directly. Like people can tell me until, you know, they, I'm blue and they're blue in the face, what it's like to have two children, uh, middle, middle school children and the demands that it takes, but I'm actually seeing it. From Kate Welker, one of our other uh, certified financial planners, she's got two middle-aged kids, and they are middle-aged, middle school-aged kids, and their teachers are amazing. The things that they're doing are amazing, but they still need help, mm -hmm. and so it's still mom and dad that has to come and help them with things. And you know, Kate and I can be in the middle of a conference call with a client, and all of a sudden, one of the kids just even though they've been told one of the kids will just walk up and say, mom, I need help on something, mm -hmm. you know, and, and clients have been wonderful to understand. And they're like, Oh, she's so cute. Or he's so cute. You know, that sort of mm -hmm. thing. But for Kate, that adds a high level of stress to her mm -hmm. because she feels very torn. And, and I have always given her credit for somebody who, when she was at work, she was at work. And when she was a mom, she was a mom. Like she always was able to kind of, you know, do that very well. And right now she's always at work and she's always a mom. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very challenging. And for those folks that are going through that, I have such appreciation, first of all, uh, but I, I know that it's it's creating some unusual anxiety above and beyond what normally a, a working parent experiences. So it's not just college graduates. It's not just um, people that are working from home that, you know, have never worked from home. Mm -hmm. It's it's just this unique blend that is existing. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, how can you not have mm -hmm. anxiety? Like, I want to. I want to meet that person that has figured that one out because <laughs> I right. haven't yet. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like this. I think this is universal. You know, if people haven't had a dark night of the soul during this, I don't. I question if they're being honest because <laughs> I don't know how you could not. Um, I don't know how you could not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Janice, thank you once again. I think it's so important that our college and high school graduates and their families understand that uh, this is a very unique time for them, not just because they don't get to, to walk for graduation, but also because they're looking for jobs or going off to colleges or maybe not going off to colleges their freshman year. Who knows what this mm -hmm. is going to look like. Mm -hmm. That in and of itself, that lack of uncertainty 
is really very unique for that group. And I think we often forget about what they might, you know, we think they're young and resilient and we often forget about what they might be going through right now too. And it's important for us to be thinking, thinking about them and, and having conversations with them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. about that. I know it's going to be like, oh, mom, I'm fine. Or, oh, dad, I'm fine. But my guess is that underneath that facade, there is some sadness mm-hmm. and it's okay. They need to know that it's okay to feel it. Exactly. So thank you for taking the time to talk through that with us. And, um, and I know it's a little bit more time than we normally spend for our video uh, blogs each month, but I think this was a very important topic and I look forward to anybody's questions. Janice and I always want to know what questions you might have. We look forward to them. We'd be happy to answer them. Anytime that you guys have questions, please go ahead and send it to info at rootedpg.com. You can also post the questions out on Facebook when we post this. We'll, we'll post this in our, um, in our uh, video uh, blog section, as well as when we do the podcast recording of it. Anything that you want to know, we want to cover these topics so that you have a good resource to go to. Because sometimes the problem with the internet is there's too much information out on the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and can I add one thing? You certainly can. Um, um, one thing that we didn't talk about is that most therapists right now are observing social distancing. So, yeah, so, so reach um, out yeah. to them. So, yeah, yeah so we're, yeah. We're, all, we're all, most of us are doing, um, we're doing um, online therapy, you know, so it, so it would look a lot like, look like a lot like what you and I are doing right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which I think is wonderful. Sometimes I know I have a coach, which I kind of quasi call her my therapist at times too. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the sessions we had recently, she asked how I was doing. And I just said, I just want to touch a person. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, yes, I have my husband and I can give him a hug, but it's, yes, I have a lot of video meetings, but I usually pepper that when I'm down in Florida with some face-to-face meetings too. And Mm -hmm. I just want to touch a person. Like I want Mm -hmm. to give somebody a hug. I know. Uh, Almost like a perfect stranger. Like you look like you're having a bad day. Let me give you a hug. You know? And I, and I said, I, I'm fortunate because I have my husband that I can talk to and that I do have some physical presence next to, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I'm still feeling very isolated. And she provided me with a couple of suggestions. She said, well, host a, uh, you know, like a, a Zoom happy hour, which was fun. It was fun to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, she suggested maybe doing like uh, Google chats with my nephews and, you know, family or friends or whatever. And, you know, she said, take advantage of the fact that you have that husband and just go sit out, you know, and, and hold hands for, you know, 10 or 15 minutes in the middle of the day and, and, you know, kind of make sure that you are recognizing that it, that you do have that. It got me thinking about the fact that, gosh, how lucky am I that I have somebody that I can reach out to and physically touch. There are a lot of people out there that don't. And that led me down this whole other path of discussion about um, some of our clients that have lost their spouses and how, you know, what does that feel like? Because if I'm feeling this way and I actually have a person next to me, what is it like 
if my, you know, if I had kids and they couldn't come see me and I didn't have a spouse and my sisters or my brothers couldn't come see me, mm-hmm. like, what would that be like? And mm-hmm. I'm technology challenged. So whole other path to go down and explore, but it was very interesting, you know, her asking that one question and all of a sudden I was like, you know, talking about all of my clients and it, and it made me start picking up the phone and, and, and making some phone calls and asking how they were doing and how appreciative they were. I guess to circle back to your comment about people that are watching this, if they feel alone and they feel isolated and they have a lot of anxiety, that resource is there because many of the therapists are offering this sort of you know, counseling session where you can mm-hmm. do video or phone or whatever it might be. And we're definitely going to have your contact information. Well, we had it in the intro and we're definitely going to have it in the show notes and, and at the end of this video as well. So thank you for bringing that topic up. I think it's really important yeah. right now. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, everybody, please send us your questions. Janice and I want to know what questions you might have in the future. And we look forward to hearing your feedback on this particular session. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dine. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rooted PG for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.